Hi, welcome to Awake TV. So today's n I'm going to talk about the value of watching TV and just like that. So enjoy. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Awake TV. So today's n I'm going to talk about the value of watching TV and just like that. So, um, I restarted watching some TV shows because they started to make a lot of reboot of my favorite shows, which is like Dexter, amazing show, and Gossip Girl, and then Sex and the City, and just like that. So that was the reason why. And、um, yeah. But、uh, some of the show was extremely well written. Some of the show is very obvious way to brainwash people,、um, hypnotize people, teaching how to act,、uh, which is very obvious to me. So, in a way, it's hilarious. <laughs> But what do you think about、um, variable watching TV, Sue? Okay, first of all, I want to explain why I'm in bed <laughs> because it's not my usual posture, but I wrenched my back、uh, gardening today. So that's why I'm in bed, my lower back. I'm giving it a break. Oh, what do I think about TV?、Um, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is how the spiritual community has just railed against all TV. And I think to myself, As with everything in life, if you're extreme in one way or the other about anything, it's probably not effective.、Um, so, if you're extreme dieting, you're probably doing something to damage your body. And if you're extreme meditating all the time, I don't know, maybe you're a monk, but maybe、um, you're just putting too much into it because. I think some things can be simpler than what the spiritual community will say. And so, like, if you're saying to people,、um, oh, gee, you know, you can find so many better things to do with your time than watching TV. If you're watching TV, you're not very spiritual or you're not going to ascend. I, I kind of cry bullshit on that because,、um, first of all, there's creativity in all. Artistic mediums, including、uh, screenwriting and、uh, television show writing,、um, just like there is in art and like there is in、um, dance,、uh, you know, pretty much any kind of entertainment you can think of, there's creativity involved. So, yeah, there has to be, I think, discernment in、um, what you're watching. However,、uh, I think there's nothing wrong with. Spending some time and enjoying a show,、um, especially if the storyline, and as you said, Erica, if, if the storyline is speaking to you or the writing is really good and you enjoy it and you're getting something out of it, it's, it isn't a waste of time. It is,、um, I don't know, it's, it's not a bad idea to, to pass some time.、Uh, I watched Downton Abbey the whole series three times, and every, and every time I watched it, Um, because I just have a bias. I think British writing is, in a lot of ways, kind of superior to、um, 
American writing. I, that's not every show, of course. I don't want to be extreme. I just said don't be extreme. But I mean, I really love British writing. I think the way they develop characters and storylines is pretty good. They know how to tell a tale, that's for sure. But anyway, um, I gained something every single time I rewatched the series. Um, insights into storylines or characters and really if you tell a tale in a good way and you get the uh, viewer involved in the character um, you can learn things about life and humanity and you can see something maybe in a character that reminds you of something you're also seeing in uh, somebody in your life and you go oh maybe that helps me understand that person a little bit better or is it possible that they could be going through something like this? It just helps us get our, out of our own um, dynamics for a little bit and consider other people's storyline. Yeah, definitely. So I do see the point about those speech of community people. They're saying um, watching TV is not good for you um, in general. Because there is a weird vibration coming out of TV screen, even it's off. And then commercial can be extremely hypnotizing. So, and the vibration of the news is terrible. So I do see their point of view. However, when a show is written really, really well, the part of the um, passion I always have been is when you create amazing storyline, either movie or TV, and then the character is so alive, so you jump into the body of the character. Um, when I de developed that with a writer, as a producer, you know, it's a great experience to make our audience dive into the character, experience that life without dying or without going through uh, our kind of like QHST or BQH kind of thing, but they can get into the character consciously, but they can experience all emotions by being that character, which you might not have opportunity to be the one. So some of the show is extremely um, entertaining. Like Dexter is one of the well-written show I have ever seen the same as Prison Break, um, the original ones. Mm -hmm. um, some of the later seasons, I, I rewatched, I'm rewatching it right now because I finished Dexter New Blood. I personally think they are very well written. Some people don't like that ending, which I don't tell you what it was, but when the TV network gives you a certain budget, and then they each episode you have a budget. So they know they order you, they give you the budget, and then they give you, okay, we're gonna shoot this many episodes. So if they're gonna give you 10 episodes, you have as a writer, you have to write from everything you have to say and all this arc and everything in 10 episodes, not 12. So some people didn't like the plot hole and the stuff, but overall, I really liked it because it ended well. It, it went through um, character development. Dexter has changed 
since the season eight of original ones. I mean, mm -hmm. after what, eight, 10 years or 13 years, people will change, right? I don't know mm -hmm. how many, but people will change. So, but there's a continuity. So it was very believable. Uh, it was extremely entertaining. So I really enjoyed New Blood. And mm -hmm. um, it kind of like, it helped me to dive through the character like as a Dexter and then go through emotional experience without being a serial killer. Like, yeah. I'm never gonna be the one, <laughs> you know? I think that's but, an amazing point you're making. Um, yeah. it, it, TV gives us, TV and movies give us the opportunity to have insight into other people's experiences without going through the experience. Um, I'll give you a movie title. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's called Angela's Ashes and it's about, yeah, I did, watch um, that. did you? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's for the audience, it's about um, the Irish experience during um, the times when they were, there was famine and uh, no jobs and, you know, the, the economy was very depressed. And at that, uh, around that time, I want to say it went on for maybe seven years, eight years, I think, where it was really depressed. And a lot of people um, moved from Ireland to, you know, and emigrated to America and other places. But anyway, what I loved about that movie, and it was a brutal movie, um, you know, to watch their life and, and the challenges that they had, but it, it allowed me to say, oh, you know, this is a part of the life experience, not directly, but, you know, through lineage of feeling oppressed and feeling downtrodden and feeling like whatever they've achieved in their lives, they had to work for and scrape and scratch their way through some very challenging times. And, um, and I think that's a theme that goes through humanity, but you know, it's really easy as for someone like me who is not Irish and not Irish descent to, to say, well, yeah, you know, my relatives came over on a boat too. And where they came from, life wasn't all uh, lollipops and popcorn. However, the experiences were very different. And um, so without living that life, I was able to get insight into the heritage and their history and what it might be like it's just like roots you know you want uh the movie about um african americans and slavery and how they were brought here and what it was like for them when they came here and how they were treated i've never had that experience in my life but you know what was that uh eight shows i think eight two-hour episodes that whole series of roots and i watched it when i was a kid uh with my parents it wasn't easy to watch. Um, however, it seemed, and I, you know, not being a black person, I don't know, but I could say it seemed like it was well written. I thought the character development was incredible because I really got into these characters at, in Roots, and um, so yeah, I mean, for uh, you know, all intents and purposes, I'm a white person who doesn't know um, what it's like to have family that went through that 
um, I could get through the show the ability to have some insight to understand a little bit, which is more than I understood before. And um, so I think that's why it has value. Um, do yeah. I find value in a show like The Simpsons? Not really. I don't want to be judgy about it, but it's just like I can't get past an episode. It just it stupidity kind of drives me crazy. I just don't watch. <laughs> but from what my kids tell me, um, there's some really interesting material there. Okay, you know, one thing may appeal to somebody and it doesn't appeal to somebody else. That's fine. But um, I think we can go past just saying that TV and movies are entertaining. Yes, they are. And that's worth something right there. Just if it's entertaining and you're enjoying yourself, what's wrong with that? And then on another level, there's more to be had if, if we're really allowing ourselves to um, dive into storylines and, and think about things a little bit. Introspect, extrospect. You know, what are other people, uh, what would be a better word? find compassion for others experiences um, yeah so we don't have to go through regressions past life regressions or something and we don't have to die and go through the character so that is a part of my passion as a you know producing the movie to in introduce realistic it doesn't have to be drama right it can be a comedy like a sex and the city you know, I never liked everybody in the original season, but I did like the show, original ones. Mm -hmm. So I ended up watching all of them. And I did watch two movies. And, and just like that, I did, I did watch all of them. And my thing was... Um, when people, creative, creativity is really important. Um, that's part of the way to serve others. And you don't have to do spiritual work to serve others. You can be a creative person to serve. And that's a fun way to serve. And um, when you are slacking off your writing skills, or you think you saw all that, and then slacking off studying the character development of all, I guess that was six seasons, Six and City and the movies. And then fans remember how each character was behaving. And then, yeah, after 10, 13 years pass by, there is a character development, but if the person become completely different from how you remember the person, unless this person goes through the spiritual awakening, which we all know Miranda never did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, um, and a part of the job is to entertain people, right? To mm -hmm. make people feel happy. That's what entertainment business is. And those of you who are truther, they think like everybody in Hollywood is like practicing some kind of dark cult. Not everybody. Personally, the people I met, they are regular people. But I didn't really met like top, top, like A-list people. So 
But from what I experienced, people are just you and I, like regular people who happen to love doing entertainment business in every sort of faucet. Uh, so when people are getting kind of like egotistical and they think like they are all that and they know how to write and all that shit and they forget about how your fans are like putting all of their passions and all of their, their feelings toward their character and then you bring those series back to the table and then kind of destroy it. That's like giving disservice to the fans. Mm. And I do you think thought, that's a do you think that's about money though? I wonder because you know a lot of people sort of agree that if you have a good movie and then they turn around and do a sequel, very rarely is the sequel as good as the original. And it makes me think that they're just trying to they're trying to wheedle some more money out of the original by creating a sequel. And I think that's a lot of times where the writing falls short. I mean, what do you think? It has to do with laziness. The people <laughs> people um, bring back those shows or sequel, sequel of the movies because mm-hmm. it's safety. You know it's going to sell. So business-wise, it's a really, really smart decision. But you have to make sure the quality and then all these bars are that maybe a little more than what you wrote or at minimum level the same as before. You yeah, if you're, if you're going to do a sequel, you better do a damn well good job of it because truly I think it, you know, when you come back with a laziness, like you said, um, on the script writing or the character development, it's it kind of takes away from the original. I don't know if you ever, did you ever see Gone with the Wind? Well, the no. movie. Okay, yeah, it's really, really, it's really, really long, and it's about Aunt. Uh, I did you know, but... pre-war and all that. Well, the point I'm trying to make is I'm really, really glad they never did a Gone with the Wind too. I think that would have sucked, and here's why I say that: because they left the storyline with we don't know what was going to happen next. Well, I read the book, the sequel, so I know what's going to happen. But, well, yeah, but that's not the original writer, the one who wrote that book. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, so my point being, um, unless it was the original writer and it's his characters in in the movie, don't do it. Don't write a second one. But anyway, um, the reason I'm saying that is uh, very few times do you find a sequel or a, you know, a continuation of something like when it goes on and on and on. I, I really think that Sex in the City reboot was like a money grab because like you said, it felt like everything was half-assed and they really focused so much on age. Like these people are so freaking old. Give me a break. They're in their fifties. All right. <laughs> yeah, they're making comment about how old they are like every 10, 10 minutes. Christ. I mean, really, should I just dig a hole and jump in it? I mean, I'm about their age and I don't feel half as old as they were acting. Um good night. But um laziness, you and know also- that's any likable character we had in the original series, like uh, Stanley or Anthony, those two gay guys, they're not even likable anymore. Like they are being like bitter and complaining and whining. 
I mean, it, it, it wasn't like them. They are like a good character relief and it wasn't like them anymore. And Didn't you feel like maybe this uh, series reboot was sort of a, almost a cabal's message of, well, don't bother looking forward to the rest of your life because it's just going to go to shit anyway and everything's going to suck and you're going to be old and you're going to feel terrible. I mean, it just seems like the old world messages rather than something fresh and new. Yeah, Big died. That sucked. I can't believe they did it in the first episode. But on the other hand, didn't we feel that Carrie was way more resilient than they made her seem? I mean, she just seemed like such a droning, whining pussball. She was always like that. And she, I always felt like Carrie was resilient. But see, here's the other benefit of of TV and movies. We could sit around and have these conversations, and it's like kind of meaty, you know, like meaningful conversations. Because I can learn more about you, you can learn more about me and what our values are, and things like that. We can present different perspectives. People that have book clubs, all these creative things. It isn't just art. It isn't just science. It's 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 whatever is interesting um, contribution that's creative to society that I think, you know, really has gotten a bad rap and with TV and, and movies because it is a creative venue and there is some really talented, there are some really talented writers and actors and screenplay directors and producers. Yeah, they're, they, they're creating so why is that any better or worse than a piece of art um, or a beautiful car that somebody designed that people enjoy or home decor that people enjoy? They're all creative. What, what's the problem with it? Anything that you do in excess is obviously probably not recommended. I mean, if you're watching TV and movies to the point where you're neglecting your house and your job and your family, then probably you're being excessive. But um. I really just can't get into this whole, well, if you watch any bit of TV at all, I mean, you get these people like, oh, I don't even own a TV. Okay, good for you. You don't have to, you can watch it on a computer, but if you're using it as um, virtue signaling, then I'm like, okay, does that mean because I have a TV that there's something fundamentally wrong with me or I'm not going to ascend? I don't think so. Good luck with that. Um, Because I think what is wrong with human beings um, enjoying some downtime and, and just partaking in a good story? Yeah, when you can go through the character journey as the person, like how we watch Harry Potter, and then it's amazing writing, by the way. And then mm-hmm. I like the movie version a little more than the book. I read the both, but anyhow. I had a hard time um, keeping up with the characters in the books. It was easier in the movies, but go ahead. (laughs) Let's go back to I'm just like that because I do have an issue on that TV show. Okay. So, you know, when you write a character like Miranda, and then I never liked her to begin with. She's a second least favorite character character in original series for my opinion, because she is... She's very bitchy, if I have to explain who she is. I'm bossy. And I don't like that kind of person, personally. Self-absorbed? That's Carrie. Well. 
Carrie is my, she's not my, my cup of tea in original series either. She's a whiny, self-centered, and uh, low self-esteem. It's just, I, I wouldn't pick neither of them as my girlfriend, by the way. I have mm. a high standard for my girlfriend. But anyhow, <laughs> even the original series, um, Carrie and the Miranda was, even though I don't like neither of them, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyhow, I'm <laughs> just like that. They are worse. They are worse. Yeah, yeah. So Great. It was so, like nails on a chalkboard. I really I had a hard time with it. Yeah, because like, it's just that seems like, you know, a lot of those people who don't watch TV, which, you know, until reboot, I was one of those people. You know, it's just that I don't like those low vibration coming off from TV screen. But anyhow. Yeah, I agree. If they sh they create a good TV show, like Real Human, by the way, that's a good show. I finished watching through Amazon Prime, by the way. I'm very happy about that. But when it's written really well, well, then I'm happy with it. I don't really think it's a low vibration or anything because it's a human experience. You go through through TV or movies. So that's a valuable lesson you can you can get without dying or going through the regression, right? That's how I consider. So you can serve humanity that way in a huge manner, right? It's it saves time. And then you can serve tons of people instead of one by one. And I do like serving that way, by the way. But the point is um, when you, a person started getting extremely lazy or decided to put a certain agenda, like putting a lot of wokeness or how you should be behaving and stuff like that, that is not enjoyable. And then, the good thing is people are waking up now. So all these people who were fan of original series are totally pissed off. You know, <laughs> totally pissed off because you're not gonna just wake up like 10 years later unless you're clothed, which is nothing wrong about that. Um, some culture, you can't really come out as gay or lesbian. You know, I happen to be writing my one of my character. He's a Korean Korean American, and then he is in closet because mm -hmm. I don't really think it's easy for them to come out in that culture, even two thousand twenty-two. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nothing to do with oh, you know, uh, now gay gay people can get married. You should come out. It's nice you can. You know, it depends on what culture you're saying. It depends on what culture. Some cultures yeah, are still really yeah. hanging on to their original tenets um, oh, of, you know, very, taboo. It's going to be very hard. Like, it might be easier for Japanese culture because they are not Christian. They don't really believe in religion. Like, they believe in God, but they don't believe in religion. Mm -hmm. No, people think Japanese people Shinto, not really. People are not religious, so they're okay with accepting all different kinds of religion over there. 
So they don't really discriminate the Jews or Muslim over there. They think, okay, people are into religion of their own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe it's easier for Japanese gay people. I don't know Japanese gay person personally, but easier for them than let's say Koreans because they're Christian, they have all this Christian value and then they grew up in Christian community and then, you know. And so I think, you know, like the point you're trying to make if I'm hearing you right, is that, um, you know, through your writing, you are presenting the general population with some insight as to what it might be like for people in this position in these cultures yeah and then and that's information i don't know like what yeah, all the things you just said i don't know about that until you just said it so i mean now i'm more aware and i again that's one of our main points which is how helpful it can be for society to have insight of others because yeah. really we are all one However, it doesn't feel that way because we've gone through thousands of years of separation and, um, you know, the cabal, the black cats, whatever you want to call them, have really made it their business to keep us separated. They try to stir that shit pot of racism and everything else, and they try really, really hard um, for us to see each other's differences and to fight about it, whereas um, if you had a good writing uh, mind and someone who's willing to put themselves out there and say, okay, I'm going to provide this perspective. Um, it, it does reach a lot more people if it's done in the format of TV or movies. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then we can have talks like this, like we're having mm -hmm. and um, more people are talking and then, you know, so it really doesn't matter whether the char character was good or not I mean it helps to have better writing I prefer to what I'm attracted to things that have good meat and potatoes in the writing and good character development but even if it's a shitty show it still solicits a um, conversation people are talking on social media people are discussing it and one gives this point of view one gives another at least we're talking yeah I, I mean, mean I did have a good so good uh, good time listening to uh and just like that podcast people are bashing on it but <laughs> whole point is like unless you're closet going back to that you know if Miranda are closet lesbian or whatever that is then after 13 years she tend to be with that dyke person they call it non-binary or something non-binary yeah that, that person is a lady okay unless she has both sexual parts that's psycho her hermaphrodite yeah and so her psychology psychologically she thinks she doesn't know which one fine but physically the person is a female so mm -hmm. i i categorize her as dyke right that's how the person was used to categorize until the word non-binary came out. So to me, like all this kind of world culture stuff is washing away the depth of the character because they wanted to introduce a new concept or new way of agenda for people to think this way or oh, this is a correct way to think or this is a 
politically correct to behave or then well, it's just an implant of trying to convince people that they should be confused about who they are are some people confused maybe or maybe some it's just are confused or but maybe that's it's okay. just or maybe it's just you know there's a but the percentage of people that actually go through that is so much smaller than the media would have you believe so that's yeah. what leads me to think that and and of course you're talking about the woke culture they want everybody to like have their children questioning oh do you honey do you feel like a female or do you feel like a male i mean really who does that with their kids it's bullshit it is if your kids grow to puberty and they start expressing feelings that they are different than their biological sex then you can start having a conversation you don't start talking to your kids about that before they even know what sex is or what uh orientation is or any of that like three four or five years old and people are talking about you know changing the sex the sex of their children it's incredible it's it's ludicrous they, let them be kids okay so i think what you're talking about is like they're trying to give us this dialogue about you know how it's okay for people to be confused i agree with that it's okay if you're confused but don't impose that on everybody yeah. or that we should just be jumping on that bandwagon and going oh yeah that's completely like all the time happening in everybody's lives it's such a small percentage of people that actually go through that dilemma and why are you writing it into a movie i don't know is it to, to garner acceptance or is it to confuse people about gender identity i don't know i i tend to think it, it it's trying to confuse the issue it's trying to stir the shit pot but did i what's that character's name anyway the lesbian you're shay. talking about shay shay by the way she didn't bother most, me most of the people hate her see because she didn't bother me at all i did. i totally thought she was cool really um, she's very obnoxious and selfish and then it's uh, i don't know i think she just i mean she didn't have any responsibilities to anybody if she had a family and she was screwing around with that family unit and messing with everybody's heads i'd say she was being selfish but she didn't she just rolls with who she wants to be and that's okay um my problem wasn't with that it's it's with the, the whole idea of like um all of miranda's friends judging her it's like her marriage to steve was long over it was over back when they had the original series i mean that was clear as day and they decided oh well we're gonna try again we're gonna make it work because they had all this outside pressure the fact of the matter is if they were being true to themselves now steve was being true to himself because he says i'm perfectly happy with this life i'm happy being a couch potato and doing the same routine over and over and over again where miranda i think um was trying to fit herself into that box and at, finally after a while she just couldn't do it anymore so what is the message there you know like be more authentic i can roll with that that doesn't necessarily bother me is she being selfish i don't know her kids are grown do they care i don't know but the fact is once your kids are grown you've done your job then you get to live your life however the hell you want so that doesn't matter in my opinion but um the the, the whole it's almost like it's in vogue or something to be gender confused 
that part I can't roll with because it's like such a small percentage of people that are gender confused. And then why do they have to make a decision? If they're confused, they can explore both ends and then make a decision. So what's the problem? It's just making it into such a big deal. And yeah. I don't really think it's that kind of a big deal in our society. And I think that's why I'm start, starting to sense that's a little bit cabal, cabal pushed, you know, that whole gender fluidity thing and all that. It's, it just feels like, a, like an agenda that they're pushing to, to further confuse young people. And I just, yeah. but you and I can pinpoint stuff like that. Other people can pinpoint stuff like that, but are they paying attention? So we do go back to the whole point of having to have discernment with what you're watching. Yeah, plus like a Sex and the City is supposed to be a comedy, right? It's I didn't a, find it funny, did you? Rom-com. No, I, I wasn't. I laughed like some part, it was totally ridiculous. That's the one time I laughed so hard. Because it was yeah, but so I think you were stupid. laughing at it rather than no, with no. it, which is not no. the point. I know. Because like the people are expecting the show to be lighthearted, funny, uh, witty, even though, you know, personally, Carrie is really annoying, you know, <laughs> but people are expecting to see what's happened to Carrie and the big, you know, after they get married. Yeah, we didn't get any of that. They yeah, just totally yeah, cut us we, off we, on the nose. And it's yeah, like, well, what yeah, the he, hell? He just died. And then I'm thinking, it was like, I don't know how they took care of the lawsuits of, uh, you know, using the brand name like Peloton and then big dies over exercising Peloton. You don't mm. do that in writing because you be very careful not to write real brand and then you are damaging that brand, people can sue you for defamation. Mm. So, I think Brent, uh, my husband was telling me about that. I guess initially there was some backlash, but um, Peloton was really quite creative um, in the marketing department because they found a way to spin it to their advantage. I don't remember how, I don't know the details, but I think that ended up ironing itself out. Um, I want to mention to you something that I just started watching. It's called uh, Resident Alien. And it's hilarious. It's it's meant to be a comedy. But what, what the storyline is about is an alien that came to Earth to destroy Earth. And he crashed for whatever reason. Uh, reason and the device he was going to use to destroy Earth was lost. And so he had to become an Earth person. Um like because a become earth person like uh he took the identity of a person and he because he's a shapeshifter and um then he was trying to learn how to be human more human because obviously he had to bide his time as a human until he could um find his equipment and complete his mission but it's just fucking hilarious the stuff he goes through and some of the things he says and and they're trying to give you the perspective of what it would be like for an alien without any emotion about his mission to suddenly start having thoughts and feelings like a human because he's living as a human it's really a fresh perspective and and it's funny on top of it all some of the shit he says 
<laughs> I'm just belly laughing. And I'm thinking, see, there's some value in this show because even if the writing is total crap, which I don't think it is, I think it's interesting. But even if it was total crap, it's making me laugh. And don't we all need a little laugh in life? Yeah, especially a time like that. And the people are kind of like complaining in, and just like that. They couldn't find any humor in the in Exactly. The, in yeah, we need show. to laugh. We need and to then, be entertained because life is getting too serious, people. Yeah. And then get your heads crazy. out of the Ukraine and get your focus back into something that brings you some joy. And if it takes a movie or a TV show or something to do that, then do that. But, you know, we got to lighten up. Yeah, it is important. And then even like Charlotte and Harry's life, uh, which is stable, they didn't have any fun part to it. Who? Charlotte and Harry and, and just like that. They're still married. They have a... They are, oh, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They adopted kid and then they yeah. are, um, original kid. Oh, yeah, that storyline was ridiculous. The biggest story of the day was uh, Charlotte teaching her daughter how to use tampons. I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, like, do we can can we just like get off the show? Because it irritated me so much. I don't have anything good to say about it. (laughs) Yeah, but like, the thing is, like, they could have explored like Asian American kid experience or adoptee mm. like oh you grew up in jewish culture but you look asian so missed you, opportunity they, they could go through that kind of thing if they want to go through diversity they talked about oh we want to have a diversity and the political wokeness but the show became extremely not funny because of the wokeness and then diversity diversity doesn't mean you put like people in different color with no depth of the character and then you call that a diversity i mean please they didn't even go through any kind of uh depth they can have a depth in the comedy show too and they don't go through any of those so people might be interested in you know as a fan people might be interested in how big and the carry were doing and then how is a marriage between Harry and Charlotte, that can be, you know, comedic effect or something. And then they can go through diversity through what kids are experiencing, not the way how it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, the, those gay guys, Stanley and Anthony, they are like very bitter. They turn out to be very bitter. And then they used to be good comic relief. Now they are bitter. And yeah once again it's just bringing everybody's vibration down yeah tells me because like i only watched three episodes of it i think it was maybe only seven altogether and the only reason i watched it was because my son's girlfriend was watching it and i wanted to hang out with her for a while honest to god that's the only reason i watched it and we had she did i didn't um she thought it was funny and i was like "Uh, okay um which is fine. It could be a generation gap, could be just personal taste difference, but we had fun watching it together. So, but the only reason I watched it is because I was hanging out with her and um, we were spending some girl time, uh, quality time. But um, quite frankly, I think if you wanted a, a funny show that actually has a message worth listening to, we'd go with South Park, right? Yeah, South Park is good. But like, 
you know, what's wrong was, in a way, people are expecting something like out of like original series, like people in Dexter, people wanted to know what's happened to Dexter because they didn't like the ending of the season eight. Mm -hmm. um, so New Blood, they wrote pretty well, in my opinion. because So it gave you an answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, but the point is, and just like that, um, they say, well, we have an extremely popular show. People all over the world know about that. And then people still come to New York City for Sex and the City tour. So like wow. that's how, how popular the series is. So they think, oh, you know, by the way, that show was written with the original writer. Okay. Mm -hmm. With probably a couple of other writers who are like 20s or whatever. The whole point is, it's a lazy writing. It's a lazy writing. And then they they kind of like didn't respect the people who follow the show, like six seasons, and they went to watch the movies and they are expecting, oh, this is gonna be super exciting. And then I already heard it's not good, but before I heard that, I did have an expectation to watch something entertaining. And then mm -hmm. I didn't get entertained because um because it was very gloomy, gloomy, upsetting thing. I'm telling you, I think it's just a money grab. It was it just they easy. just wanted to capitalize on what they built before, and then they ended up letting the audience down by not giving them what they signed up for. Yeah, I mean, they had the twelve episodes, so they could write what happened to them. You know, people want to know what happened to main characters. They don't care yeah. about all these new people chiming in and studying the acting. Yeah, they can use them as a um, diversity purpose or something, but you don't really have to focus on them because we don't give a shit about all these new people. You all know? right, so let's get off Sex in the City. Let's get back to our topic. Why is it good to watch TV and why are TV, what is the positive things that TV and movies offer for us? Well, positive thing is to go through the experience, right? If you can go through the experience, that's what's good. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, which is people can tell with and just like that, that is a typical experience of how you can go through any kind of experience because you can relate on any of them. And then they have no depth of the character because they don't act like humans. And also, yeah, you can relate to any of them. And even you watch them religiously, so you know who they are for six seasons and the movies. And then they totally start acting so different from what you know, which got nothing to do with character development, like Dexter New Blood. Dexter is a little bit different from original series because after 10, whatever the years later, people grow. So you become a little bit different, but you're not gonna become totally different, like, wow, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe what you're saying is um, by noticing this divergence in the storyline, you can maybe pinpoint when you're trying to be, when somebody's trying to 
uh, sell you a, a bag of goods or, you know, like programming is trying to be um, given because, you know, politics changed a lot between uh, the original sex and the yeah, city. Yeah, but TV show, and is then, not, TV show got nothing to do with politics. No, no, no. What politics. I'm saying is the effects of the programming that the deep state are trying to impose on people are coming through the show. And so by noticing the difference in the character development, how it's very divergent and not even reminiscent of the original characters, we could easily more spot when we're trying to be brainwashed versus whether it's entertainment or it's some kind of agenda. Oh yeah, so a lot of people could see through, like when I was watching all this uh, review, a lot of people could point out like something's wrong with that TV show. Like, mm -hmm. They're pushing too much wokeness, which mm -hmm. same goes to a uh, new Gossip Girl. I I love the original series, so I started rewatching that again. <laughs> so I did watch the new one. I and then it was it was not as bad as and and just like that, mm -hmm. but. And they did have a diversity there, but it's just not believable. Mm -hmm. and yeah, then, I, I'm not familiar with that one, so I'll have to trust you on that. Yeah, they started talking about a lot of political talk and stuff like that. I mean, 16, 17 years old don't talk like that. Oh, so more programming. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I felt like, okay, um, agenda not believable. Yeah. Agenda. So I I watched the one episode. I had to force myself to watch one episode, season one, episode one. Then I said, you know, I'm not gonna waste my time any more than that. Mm -hmm. And the acting was. I think we're getting pretty way. good. I, I think as people are awakening, we're getting pretty good at um being able to spot these um pushed agendas and um also awakening to the fact that there's been brainwashing going on for a long time um maybe even some of the shows we loved as kids or back in the day uh in retrospect we can look at it and say oh wait a minute or maybe there were some messages that were actually good and helpful to humanity but we just thought it was science fiction and um, didn't give it a lot of credence, but now that we know what we know, we go, oh, wait a minute, that show was way before its time trying to teach us these things, like Star Trek. Um, Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, talked about how uh, he felt that much of his creative work was, uh, you know, in essence, sort of a channeled information. Um, and of course, he wasn't aware of it when he wrote it. But um, so, I mean, that's kind of a neat benefit um, to be able to look at shows that maybe meant something, at least to me, Star Trek was big for me when I was a kid. And I didn't even know why. It's just that it was fascinating to me. But I like the way that people treated each other in that show um, and how, you know, it was everything wasn't all money based. It was on what what were their talents. They did their jobs by talents and everybody was taken care of. So I thought if there was any form of communism that could be acceptable, it would be this way where people are all taken care of in their needs. However, they went and did the job that was right for them. And 
no one person benefited from the society more than another because of their rank. Yeah, there had to be respect given to differences in rank. However, um, it wasn't in a like a punitive way or it wasn't an oppression. It was a, an upliftment, you know, because the ones that were the wiser or had the more experience, of course, went up in rank. And so that's generally why you would give somebody more respect is, well, they have the experience, they have the the background to, to garner that respect. It's not just given because I have a title because I got daddy's money and I got, I bought myself a, a position. And so you should bow to me and do my bidding. It's a very different dynamic, but um, anyway, I think TV and movies can give us a lot of insight uh, to where we've been, where we're headed. Um, it can allow us to see where brainwashing was the sort of the uh, main point of a show in, in a certain time frame of our lives and how we've outgrown that and how we've woken up from that and how we won't let that happen to us again because now we see it. It's become clear. Whereas before we did, it was going on and we didn't even know it. We we're like hypnotized by it or something and how so many people can buy into stories that are just lies. They're absolute lies. Well, if you put it in a show and you show it to a person enough times and you play it over and over and over and over again and people just go, oh, yeah, it's really popular, so I'm going to watch it. Well, welcome to the brainwash. But I think well, we're getting wise to that now. Yeah, that's what I call more about the reality show. That's in my opinion. But like when the show is well written, of course, like everything is double-edged sword. So even well-written show, they might have a little bit of um, agenda to it. You know, I, I can't personally find too much from Dexter though. I mean, it's like- well, I, think, I think the agenda with Dexter was to help people have insight as to uh, how a person could become a serial killer and, you know, yeah, but his that's father- or programming. I think it's all well, yeah, I mean, it, it's an agenda if you're trying to bring awareness to, into something. No, um, so there's about, good agendas and there's I'm nefarious. I'm talking about dark agenda. I can't uh, right. find any of those because, but it's a good writing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to good writing, you know, when, especially people in spiritual community and you understand like there is some kind of programming in it, and then when it shows good writing, and then you can learn some kind of compassion or understanding of, um, let's say, somebody who, who is like totally, you should be executed or something. Some people say Dexter should be executed, right? Um, because they think they are, he is a serial killer, blah, blah, blah. The world is not a black and white. Dexter talks about gray grayness of humanity. Mm -hmm. like, like when you are born into that kind of circumstances, which is similar to what we have been talking about. When you're born into the dark cult family, and then you go through all these rituals, uh, who are we to say, you know, to, to judge all these people? Mm -hmm. You know, so by watching Dexter, I feel like you can have a compassion to 
these people because you see his struggle. Mm-hmm. He's struggling to to. He's not totally like stop fighting for finding his humanity or finding. I mean, when oh, to survive like, in society, even though he's so different. It's not about survival. It's like he's trying to find his humanity. How that's how I see it. And then because when you're just surviving, you can just kill off everybody around you. No, not without getting caught. <laughs> yeah, but he, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't right. doing that. So whole point is like, yeah, he learned the code and everything, but I did see the humanity in him. Like he's he's I he wanted to find his humanity and he wanted to fit in by marrying the leader and having kids and then you know have a happy family and hopefully someday his darkness goes away. I mean that is extremely it's not the kind of experience we all go through when we live in the no I hate to say the word normal life. But you know the, those extremes. Most things. most people will never know what that yeah, feels like. Will yeah, most people never know that. So all these people who are like you know judging um, people who are born into the blood cult family and they say blah blah and they are like you know being on high horse and saying all this kind of thing like they should be executed and all of that. Yeah, they yeah, want their pound of flesh. Because if you are in that family. I mean, how, how can you act so holy and highly, you know? Or if, yeah, you, oh, if you've never gone through with, I mean, a lot of them were tortured themselves, brutally tortured from before even birth. They did yeah. some shit to these people while they were in utero. So it's like, you know, you've never, none of us have been through that. How could we begin to judge them? Yeah. What, so what by, would we have done? Yeah. By watching Dexter, we can have a little bit of, that perspective right mm-hmm. yep. mean, i don't really think dexter is wrong about that but you could see that kind of aspect to it you know if people are gonna say oh all shows we can have some kind of agenda and then okay that's good i mean well where do you you know i think what you're saying is where do you draw the line on compassion yeah it's like okay if somebody's a little bit bad or a little bit dark maybe we could have compassion for them no compassion's compassion you either you either have the ability to imagine that there's a reason why people are the way they are and if they're acting badly they're acting badly because of some kind of pain that they're in or that they've been through or some kind of trauma and then the next step is well does society have to lock them up when they're dangerous to other people usually we, we like to protect you know innocence from people that are going and hurting other people um so there's one thing but um do we need to execute these people i don't know i my answer would be no i mean i don't feel like it's my right to take somebody else's life but you know there's a whole nother discussion but compassion's compassion yeah and it's a christ of consciousness thing so yeah. You know, like, I, I do understand the people are angry about it toward these people, but the value of watching TV is watching some well-written show like Dexter or Prison Break, 
you can have a compassion toward these people who are supposed to be bad people, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when stories were written, they illustrate all each person's life, what they what kind of a life they have been through. And especially prison break, they go through conspiracy thing at later seasons, which is extremely interesting, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. But when they write a first human being as very realistic manner, unlike and just like that, it's not about because one is drama and the other is comedy. It got nothing to do with that. Even with comedy, you can go into the depth of the character too. Mm-hmm. So people can get into and learn from that. Or you feel like, okay, I'm going through something similar. And then it can be therapeutic too. Mm-hmm. Because you go through the emotions along with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a, I mean, I do understand like why people want to avoid the TV show. I do because of the vibrational thing coming out of it, you know, from commercial, from TV. I do understand that. But there is no difference between like a good TV show or watching YouTube or watching TikTok. The language is different. But as long as you make a choice to watch something, um, not uplifting, but something you feel like you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. or you gain something from it because you went through the experience of a character together while you're watching through these series then you did gain a lot like, or even if it just you know even if it doesn't bring your vibration down but it maybe even makes you smile or helps you uh be brainless for a while i think there's some real value in turning our brains off um, yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of guys do, right? They just watch, sit down yeah. in front of TV and watch it so they don't have to think. I do that but too. <laughs> sometimes it's important for people, but, you know, going through jumping into the character and going through experience is a variable experience because, you know, some people might not want to go through emotions as your life, but because you're blocked, but you, you'll be okay to go through other people's emotions through watching TV because it's yeah. not yours, but you're kind of doing a emotional work or processing through other characters. Mm-hmm. So there's a value to it. I think so. Yeah. All righty. So any last word? Mm, I don't think so. I have pretty much said it what I had to say but um I enjoy the conversation thank you oh, thank you too so yeah even Bacho like Sue said <laughs> you can find a lot of great review of bashing the show and you can laugh a yeah. lot which I did <laughs> so read about it so um not everything is black and white there's always goodness to it so um, my guide are saying now uh, 30% of people are good in Hollywood, increased from 10%. 20% increase, which is good. It's going to increase more. 
So oh, yeah. it, it's not like, you know, everybody in Hollywood is like horrible and then all this doing a terrible thing. Not everybody, like every industry there, you know, certain amount of people are very dark. And then even, I guess in political field, 5% of people are really want to serve others. So you mm -hmm. can't even say everybody is 100% terrible on this and that. It's like very unnormal thinking. Yeah, and we have to see, we had to see what was really going on with um, the Maybe dark ones. Yeah, with the dark ones so that we could then see what the agenda was so that we could then see how we were taken in by it. And now we're processing it. And I think a lot of people are angry, which is understandable. And now, you know, I think we're being challenged to see how we need to be compassionate, you know, because really, like you said, that is the Christ consciousness. And if we are raising our vibration and moving forward, um, embracing the Christ consciousness really is the only way forward. It is moving towards unconditional love. And then on top of that, um, I think all of the programming is going to be changing. It's going to yeah, be shifting. Just like the frequency of people is shifting and increasing, their consciousness is becoming more open and uh, more um, getting a complete picture of what we are, which is source energy. Um, so once that consciousness level increases, so is the programming. And hopefully they get rid of commercials altogether because they're annoying. Um, well, commercials are annoying, but like, I think, you know, as long as we are in, yes, we are 4.9D now. Um, so up till the point people, even with shift 5D, I don't really see people immediately ditching TV or ditching movies. By the way, no one in other part of the planet besides Earth who are watching TV, like sit there and just watch TV, you know, because that's a part of the programming device. But the point is, once people shift to higher frequency, um, we are no longer going to watch TV. So up till then, this source of entertainment is very 3D, 4D, little bit beginning of 5D experience. So. While we are having it, I would say enjoy it, you know, because it's a very um, unique culture. People just sit there and just stare at the TV, you know. But <laughs> actually, the thing when you do something you love, you are serving other people. So if those of you who love watching TV and then your vibration goes really high by doing that, which mine does when I watch amazing TV show or movies, you know, it has to be amazing. So you're still serving others by watching TV and it's sort of a doable. So, you know, it's part of the experience to not to judge other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I have to say. You know, anything, any, anything can be, uh, weapon weaponized or good teaching tool and tv is a, such a device mm -hmm. yeah we yeah. make we make of uh we we're the ones that give meaning to our experiences not the other way around yeah. um, and then tv show will be more high frequency and then 
meaningful, something you can learn something from it, like, you know, while we are shifting to higher frequency. So it's not everything is bad. Yeah. So I, I do have to add to something before we go. So okay. speaking of a good show, you know, I heard that Euphoria is a good show. So nobody is famous in it. So I tried to watch first 15 minutes. It was so well written. It's grabbed my attention immediately. When writing is good, it grabs your attention immediately. You don't have to have a super good looking people or anything. It was a um, main character is African-American. She's kind of cute, good acting. And then I was like, wow, what's going on? I didn't end up watching an entire series or episode because it was too vibrationally I really didn't want myself to delve into that because I could feel the vibration from the show so it's too dark for me mm -hmm. but you know some people might might want to dip into that experience right so it's not for me to judge other people, but that is a well-written show. So depends on who you are and where you want to be. I want to be entertained, but I don't want to get depressed by watching. Yeah, that yeah, show. that's kind of where I am too. If I start to feel like downtrodden, because that's the other thing the Brits do really well. They do like depressing shit, <laughs> like downtrodden life stories. It's like, uh, so some of the, some of the programming I tap into, I go, nope, not watching this. And, uh, you know, we have to use our discernment, really. Yeah, we have to use discernment. The same thing as watching social media thing, like what, what lift you up or anything well-written drama, have you learned something out of it? And then you feel good because you learned something. Or you get totally depressed. Yeah, I stay away from the latter. No, no yeah. thanks. There's, you know, if you want to get depressed, you can just look out, look at the news, and yeah. um, and that'll put you in a depression pretty quick. Um, or it could be like us and just skip the news and watch some entertaining shows, and then hopefully travel and all these bands and all this other crap's going to give up and then we'll be able to actually go places and maybe we'll watch less tv who knows well people will because you don't really see the meaning of i mean after you what's going to happen when we shift to 5d is we started to connecting to other dimensions so we don't need any information from other sources mm -hmm. then we don't need a device or teaching device to show you the experience or whatever mm -hmm. and then you started to realizing how stupid it is you know just to sit there and watch tv because you're supposed you're supposed to be here to serve others and you're not doing that so um the thing is like yeah people will say oh yeah those galactics they watch people on earth and that can be TV. Yeah, but that's TV. In a way, but they're watching the, TV in live time. Yeah, but they're not really watching the TV the way they're, we're watching. They're TV. voyeurs. <laughs> yeah, but they're, that's some of the neutral ones, but they actually 
beginner action toward toward what they can do, right? You have yeah. to you we're have kinda, to we're kind of getting a, on a different topic, which I think we should hit another day, but um I'll tell you this. They're not busy all the time. I mean, even higher evolved societies got to have some enjoyment and downtime, right? Yeah. So maybe it music. maybe it's not TV, but it's something else. Yeah, people do play music in higher frequency realms. Yeah, and they probably dance and they probably do artistic things and yeah, they do. You know, yeah. So I mean, what's the difference really? It's just a judgment statement, but. Um, I, I agree with you, you know, eventually at some point, once we start moving into the 5D realities, we're probably going to have other things that interest us and we're not going to sit around looking at a box um, for entertainment. Uh, I don't think we're probably intellectually going to be intellectually going to be more stimulated. And then, of course, once the financial system changes and people aren't worried about surviving, they're going to have a lot more energy to spend on creative pursuits. I mean, that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can't go into self-actualization when you're worried about your basic needs being met. A lot of people right now are worrying about their basic needs. I mean, the cost of gas, cost of food, all that kind of crap. People are watching TV at record in record amounts. Fine. If that's oh, what yeah. really, sure. If that's, well, huh. ever since 2020, since the pandemic, I mean, People are, you know, subscriptions to all the uh, subscription channels, you know, like Netflix and uh, Peacock and all of that, HBO, Max, all of those. Yeah, I mean, record amounts of people signing up for these things. Cable's getting expensive, so a lot of people are ditching cable and doing the paid shows. But let's face it, what did everybody have to do when the pandemic was going on? They couldn't go out and socialize anymore couldn't have human interactions all this was banned everybody's locked down so what do people do they watch tv well that's going away pretty soon really it is and um so you know we're gonna have a lot more ability and freedom to go out and uh, get into nature and you know do activities and, and the kind of socialization that we humans like to do we're not going to rely on tv so much but don't feel guilty about it if you have that's yeah. my point. That's my point. There are definitely some benefits, you know, to shows and stuff. Really, if you're paying attention, there's a lot that can be derived out of TV. I don't think we're going to stay on it forever, but don't judge it, you know, just roll with it. If that's yeah. what helps you get through and helps you keep your sanity because you can shut your mind off for a while and watch a good story, then go for it. Don't, yeah. don't put a put a label on it or judge it. Or keep your vibration high because I do like Dexter. So <laughs> I rewatched it and then I'm season six now. I'm still liking it. So my vibration is high when I'm watching it, even though the content is supposedly about killing other people, yeah. among yeah. all other things. But you can learn humanity. And it, when your vibration is like really excited and then really high, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, my kids love The Simpsons. I can't stand that show. Do they have fun when they watch it? Sure. Do I have fun when I watch it? No. So I don't watch it. Don't need to put a judgment on it. Who's right or wrong? Who knows? We're all right. Yeah. Each each one of us is correct. Yeah. So we are learning that too. So there are a variety of stuff out there on TV channel. I think, you know, 
lots oh, of variety. We can sure. find everything from everywhere. Something for everyone. Yep. Yep. So that's it for today. So thank you so much for everyone. Uh, please like, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We see you guys next time. Bye.